What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Caleb's Kung Fu Cinema. This is Caleb, your favorite Kung Fu fanatic. And as always, I'm joined by my lovely wife, Amber. Hey, guys. This is a very exciting episode. We're going to be talking about one of my all-time favorite movies. So we all like tales of revenge, right? Of I know, course. <laughs> yeah, I know I love revenge stories. Well, this is, uh, this is, this is huge because we're going to be doing one of the greatest revenge stories ever told. And, uh, and like I just said, one of my all-time favorite movies. That's right. We're going to be talking about Kill Bill Volume 1. And, man, I love this movie so much. I cannot wait to dive into it. It's going to be... Um, it's gonna, excuse me. It's gonna be a lot of fun, and uh, I'm just, I'm just really excited. I've been wanting to, I've been wanting to talk about it. And this is one of those movies that I feel like I can just watch anytime. And and you know, this like we don't, um, we don't currently own the movie, like a physical copy of it. But anytime it pops up on Netflix or Hulu or something like that, like as soon as we see that it's on there, we're like, oh, we gotta watch it. Like yeah, we click on it. Yeah, as soon as it dive in. As soon as it shows up on a platform, like we just we have to watch it, like right there. And, uh, but yeah, and I, I've seen this movie so many times and, and, and I, I love it more and more, you know, and, um, and I think, uh, I think this, this most, uh, the, this most recent time we've watched it, which as of this recording was last night, um, I think, uh, I think this, this last time I've watched it, I think I've learned more about the movie than yeah. I ever have in the past, you know, <laughs> excuse me. And so, uh. And so, yeah, um, we're going to go ahead and jump right into it because, you know, there's there's a lot to go over and uh, and this is it, it, this is such a great movie and it's it's really exciting. So, yeah, uh, not going to waste any more time. We will jump right into it. So Kill Bill Volume 1 was released in 2003. It was written and directed by the legendary Quentin Tarantino. And this was the fourth film uh, directed by him. Um, one of the. Uh, one of the really interesting things about this movie is um it was um it went through a lot of different uh it went not a lot excuse me not not too many but there there were a few different uh few different drafts of the script some revisions were made stuff like that and, you know and it was really interesting to read some of the things that Quinn originally had in mind for the film and stuff like that um but before we get to like the different uh, the different stories that that we had for this for this film one thing that is um that is very clear when you watch this film is that it was inspired by grindhouse movies. And, you know, and those were, those were movies that played in, uh, in, you know, in cheap theaters. I, I, I've always loved grindhouse theaters. I've never, I've never been to one, but I've always wanted to go to one. And I've told, I've told Amber before that I, I would even like to open one one day. That's definitely not going to happen, but it's kind of like a pipe dream, I guess. But yeah, I just, I love, um, I love, I love the idea of grindhouse movies, like movies that just play nothing but like martial arts films or like really cheap horror movies and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, Kill Bill was, was inspired by grindhouse films, you know, particularly martial arts films, uh, samurai, black exploitation movies, uh, spaghetti westerns, um, you know, and, uh, and, and when we dive into the story and stuff like that, and, um, you're, you're, you guys are going to see what, um, like exactly what we mean whenever we talk about like what inspired this film. Um, and, uh, and, and even, even the music, like, uh, like the soundtrack and stuff like that, it, even that, um, even that was inspired by a lot of things too. Like Quinn actually used, um, he used some stuff from uh, from from a Japanese film series called Battles Without Honor and Humanity. Like um, he he used some stuff from uh, from that soundtrack in this film as he, it it was utilized very heavily in this. And even one of my um, 
one of my favorite things is I used to hate it, but then I grew to love it was the, uh, what I like to call the siren tune, you know, like every time, every time the bride sees someone that she, that she's like one of her targets, you know, she sees one of her targets and then we hear that really high pitched siren noise. I remember when I was younger and I would watch this movie, I didn't like it. I thought it was kind of annoying, but, but, but when I got older and I learned more about what inspired this movie and I started watching more like more and more kung fu movies you know I learned that 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 tune actually comes from the movie Five Fingers of Death which is an amazing kung fu movie it's one of the greatest ever made and that's and that's what um and that movie is really what started the kung fu craze of the 70s like if it wasn't for that um, if it wasn't for Five Fingers of Death, along with a couple other movies, you know, kung fu movies wouldn't have gotten as big as they did back then. And Quentin Tarantino himself has even considered Five Fingers of Death like one of his like one of his top ten all time favorite movies. And right. um, yeah, and so uh, and so the um, the story of of Kill Bill basically every everyone knows like like I said, it's a revenge story. Everyone knows that it's um it's about it's about this woman who. Uh, who worked for uh worked for this guy named Bill. She was an assassin and uh she she left that life behind her, but you know, eventually her past caught up to her and and she lost a lot of people that she loved and cared about and she goes on a on a bloody rampage of revenge. It's uh it's just it's such an amazing such an amazing story and the movie the movies both volume 1 and 2 are both are both uh executed so well and um and it's just, I just can't really say, I can't say enough, enough positive things about it. Cause I just, I love this movie so much, you know? And, um, but anyway, yeah. So, um, before, before we get into the story, you know, there, there, this movie had a really interesting, uh, production as well. The, um, uh, Quentin Tarantino, he, uh, like I said, he, he wrote this film as well as directed it. Um, from what, uh, based on my research, you know, I, I read that he, um, that Quinn, uh, he spent a year and a half writing the script, and he spent um, he spent some time with Uma Thurman, you know, who of course of course plays the bride in this film. She's our our main star here. He spent some time with her as well as her newborn daughter, and then um, you know, uh, sometime later they 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 reunited. Uma was Uma was uh, like a little bit older. Her daughter was older, you know, and so and so you know he was able to kind of use use like the bond he saw between her and her daughter. And kind of write that in his script and make that an important part of the character right. of the bride and stuff like that. And um, and, and what was interesting was that um, that uh, Quentin, you know, he didn't come to the realization that that uh, that the bride's daughter could still be alive until like almost the very end of writing the script, like till much, much later, he didn't, he didn't like, it didn't dawn on him. Like, so I've read that it, it didn't dawn on him that he couldn't, you know, that he could have the daughter still be alive. You know, the daughter doesn't have to be dead, right. you know, which, which is interesting. You know, most movies, whenever there's a revenge tale, someone's dead, you know, oh, yeah. you know, totally. so, someone's dead and they stay dead, you know, but uh, I think what was interesting here is that in this case, the person, uh, the person that, that you're trying to avenge is in fact not dead. You know, and uh, and if you're and if you haven't seen this movie, um, like you like during your first time watching it, like whenever we reach the end of volume two, it it could probably be very shocking for you. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, so uh, excuse me. Yeah, we're gonna go ahead and um, I'm gonna go ahead and jump right into the uh the story. So what happens in Kill Bill Volume One is um our film opens up with um 
with uh, the bride, who is played by Uma Thurman, uh, we see that she has just had, she's just received the beating of a lifetime. And she is, uh, you know, and, and I, li- I like the, how the opening of the film is in black and white, you know, yeah. and, and there's a couple of shifts between color and black and white throughout the film, and we'll get into that. But, um, so yeah, like she, she's, like the film, uh, it starts off in black and white. The bride's laying there, and she's just been, just been beaten to a pulp. And, um, you know, and then of course we meet, we meet our main villain, Bill. We do not see his face. And I'll just, I'll just, uh, excuse me, I'll just, uh, say right off the bat, I love how in this first film, Bill is kind of kept in the shadows. Mm -hmm. I don't know, I wouldn't say shadows necessarily, because it's not like, it's not like you just see him in the background in like a dark room. You see him, but you know, you kind of just like see his legs. You see his shoes or his, or his hands. Or his hands or, yeah. or like his, his torso or something yeah. like that. And and I really like that. I like how I like how, you know, they don't want you to see who he is. You know, it cause and I think it kind of um I think it kind of maybe gives the impression that, you know, maybe maybe for a first time viewer Maybe like if you don't if you don't see Bill's face if you just see like his 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 legs or his arms or his hands or something like that it might it it, it could give someone the impression like oh this dude must be like a monster or something he must be like just yeah hideous. it's like in any <laughs> like mob movies or something like they don't want to reveal like the big bad boss until like kind of at the end or kind of halfway through to give like the impression of. This dude means some serious business. He's yeah, like he, like I said, you know, people might think like this guy's probably like a hideous, disfigured <laughs> monster or something like that. He's like but a um, threatening. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I really like how they keep him in the shadow in the shadows. I'm putting quotes on that because, like I said, he's not necessarily in the shadows. But um, then I like how in the movie. I mean, we'll get to it eventually. But I like how whenever like somebody like comes across her or they like. She, like, tells them, or they, like, speak his name or whatever. There's, like, this frightening look, like, on their face. Like, oh, shit, it's, you're talking about Bill. And they're, like, got this look of, like, horror on their face. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, anyway, so, yeah, uh, Bill, we see Bill, you know, and he's, um, you know, and and we know right off the bat that he, that he's responsible for what's happening right here, you know, like, he's kind of like the architect of all this right here, and he's fixing to shoot the bride in the head, and right before he does, the bride says, Bill, it's your baby, and then he shoots her. Film starts, and we get a great opening sequence, you know, we get the song Bang Bang by Nancy Sinatra. I absolutely love that song. I, I, I've listened to it so many times. I, I, I love the way, I love its sound, the, the sound of it. I love, oh, yeah. like, I love, like, the tremolo guitar, and it's, and the vocals. Nancy Sinatra's a legendary singer, you know, and she, um, yeah, and I like how, I like how the movie is kind of like, a, it, it's, it's kind of like, it's it's singing, but it's also kind of like storytelling. You know, right. it's like she's telling a story, like much like Johnny Cash would do. You know, yeah. he would, you know, he would like talk his songs as well. This is kind of like that, yeah. Except there, I, maybe there's like a little more vocalization rather than just talking, right? But anyway, um, you know, and of course, um, I also didn't mention this, but uh, right before we get to like that opening sequence. Um, we get the Shaw Brothers intro, you know, and I pointed this out to Amber last night. Whenever the movie starts, we get that Shaw Scope intro. Shaw Brothers, of course, all all the Kung Fu movie fans out there know that that's that the Shaw Brothers studio creates some of the greatest Kung Fu films ever made. And yeah, we even get like the Shaw Scope intro at the beginning with the same music, the same logo. I love that. I thought that was I thought that was great. And 
you know, in this movie is just, it, it's, it, it's a great love letter. It's a true love letter to, to, to martial arts films, you know, not, you know, obviously like I had said that he, uh, uh, Quinn was inspired like by a lot of different films, like Westerns and stuff like that. But, you know, I think, I think at its core and, you know, and of course most people would agree with me at its core that this is a true love letter to martial arts films. It and, really is. Yeah. And so, uh, so yeah, anyway, um, after, after our opening sequence is done, we cut back uh, to, uh, to like modern day. We see the bride. She's driving up to a house and, uh, it's the house of a woman apparently named Jeannie Bell. And, uh, and, and right, uh, right as she, she goes up and knocks on the door and Jeannie Bell opens the door and then we get that, we get that awesome siren tune right there. And then right right out of the gate we got a fight scene and i like it i, I like oh, how yeah. i like how hard hitting it is like the choreography is is like really um again hard hitting you know i like you know, like like the the the, sh- uh, the strikes look very stiff and and you know and much like much like movie much kind of like ong bak you know we've talked about that before um uh, the, uh, the sound effects, you know, you, you, you see, you see how they do the choreography and then, and their, their use of sound effects. You, it makes you think those hits are real, you know, the, the oh, hits yeah. are very convincing. And, um, you know, and, and I also have to point out that like whenever, um, whenever she opens the door and, and then the, uh, the camera zooms in on the bride's face, that's a crashing zoom. That was also used a lot in old Kung Fu movies as well. Like, a, like, like in Shaw Brothers films. Um, I thought, I thought that was cool too. I've always loved, I've always loved like, like crashing zooms because like it's a, you know, that's an extreme close up, And so, and I've always liked in, in, in Bruce Lee films, whenever they'd zoom in on his eyes, like that, that was, that's like one of my favorite things right. to see. Like it, it, it's like such a, it's a, it's such a minor thing, but you know, when you watch, when you watch a lot of them and then you see it in a, in like a, like a more modern film, you're like, ah, I see what you did there. <laughs> I see it. And so, um. So yeah. Anyway, getting back to our fight between the bride and this this woman, Jeannie Bell. Um, again, really hard hitting choreography. They they make good use of the sound effects. The, the strikes look real, and the camera shots are very good as well. Like they they use they use wide shots, you know, like so that you can see both of them, and uh, the close they, they they use close ups in the right way, and um, and this fight scene is bloody too. You know, like there's there's like glass and knives everywhere, and they're, and, they're in her house. So and like things yeah. of like furniture and stuff like is like being used to be yeah. like thrown and I love that hit too. with. Yeah, I love that too. I love how this. I love how this fight scene is like in a tight space. Yeah, I, I love. I love that. I think that's really cool. It's like a use whatever you can find. Yeah. Situation. Yeah, and so um, and so during their fight. A school bus pulls up, and, and then we see Jeannie Bell's daughter walking in. And this is a nice wide sh- wide angle, by the way, when you see them both. And you see the school bus pull up in yeah. the window, and you're like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, we see, yeah, we get this wide shot, and you can kind of, you see both of them, and like you just said, yeah, like, the you, see the, you see the, you see like that big window in front of the house as well, and then we see her coming up the, coming up the, the sidewalk, and, um, and, uh, so the, you know, the girl walks in, and then uh, they decide, uh, like the bride and Jeannie Bell, they decide, okay, like we should stop fighting. Hide our I, weapons. Yeah, we should stop fighting. My daughter's here, and um, you know, and then we, of course, uh, like just when you think you're gonna learn the bride's name, they bleep it out. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when I was when I was a kid, and I would see this movie on TV. Um, you know, which of course, you know, this movie's got a lot of violence in it. You know, so 
the movie is heavily edited when you watch oh, it on yeah. TV. Oh, yeah, cut a lot of stuff out. Yeah, it's heavily edited when you watch it on TV. But anyway, um, I remember when I would watch the movie as a kid, and whenever they would bleep out the bride's real name, I used to think something was wrong with the TV or something <laughs> like that. I was like, what the, I was yeah, like, what the hell? Why did, they cut, why did they cut that out? You know, you're not used to seeing something like that. Like, yeah. everybody's name is always, like, addressed or whatever. You don't, you're not used to hearing just, like, a bleep, like somebody just cussed or something. I always used to think her name was a cuss word. When they would bleep it out <laughs> on real TV. Because, you know, yeah. they, I don't know, you know, they do that. And you only hear that whenever there's, like, a bad word or something. So, yeah. I, I always thought her name was, like, a cuss word or something. <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah. I was a kid. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway. Yeah. So, um. So um. even... But even like right here, we're still we we are still learning a little bit about our characters here. You know, um, we we learned that um, we learned that the the bride, um, she she had a daughter at one point, you know, and stuff like that, and um, and so uh, so anyway, uh, Jeannie Bell she sends her daughter up to her room, and then they uh, her and the bride start talking. I always thought it was kind of funny, you know. Again, when I would watch this as a kid. And uh, whenever whenever the daughter goes into a room and Jeannie Bell is like, you want some coffee? <laughs> and the bride's like, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, I was like, weren't y'all just trying to kill each other a minute ago? <laughs> but at the same time, like, it's, um, I think that goes to show, like, they're, even though they're trying to kill each other, there's still a very interesting amount of respect between between the characters as well. Um, but anyway, uh, so yeah. They they go into the kitchen and then we get we get a voiceover from, from the bride and she, um, She's she's saying she's saying uh, this woman is is uh, her name her name is Jeannie Bell but when I knew her four years ago her name was Vernita Green you know and so um and 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 her code name was uh was was Copperhead you know and 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 that the bride's code uh, code name was Black Mamba you know like okay so so we've got like a like a, all in the like snake family yeah we got like a relation to snakes here yeah. And, um, you know, and anyway, uh, so, so they start talking, you know, and, uh, you know, and Vernita Green, you know, who, who, which that's her real name. So that's what we'll be calling her now here. Uh, Vernita Green, you know, she's talking, um, you know, the, the dialogue here is, is, is kind of vague. You know, she's, you know, Vernita says, you know, I guess it's too late for an apology, you know, and, and, uh, and the bride says, you know, you suppose correctly, that sort of thing. And, it's um, like the, it's almost like, like I said last night, they're talking like riddles. It almost sounds like a little, it almost sounds like a riddle, but it's not, it's just kind of like, I told you they have like the head movement when they talk. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like, you know, I don't know what to call it. I say a riddle, but not a riddle. So I guess it's well, like in the middle. They're not really, they're not really <laughs> speaking in riddles. I mean, well, it's, no, not, not a riddle per se. No, it, it, but the dialogue here, I mean, if, if you don't exactly know like what's happening, it is yeah. kind of, it's kind of vague and kind of yeah, ambiguous, yeah. but, uh, but anyway, um, so, so we learn, we, we learned that these two knew each other at some point, like years ago. They and they both know this. This uh, excuse me. They both know that this Bill character, and um, you know, and we learned, of course, that Bernita Green. You know, she she tells the bride like she she says, you know, you know, I know I know I did some bad stuff to you. I wish I hadn't. Uh, I'm a different person now. You know, but of course the brides, the brides, like, I don't care, you know, yeah. we have, we have unfinished business. And so, um, and so they propose that they're going to, that they're going to have a, have a little knife fight later that night. But, uh, but for Nita Green, she just couldn't wait, you know, so she, of course not. Yeah, she just couldn't you gotta wait. You got to catch him off guard. Yeah. Didn't want to risk it, which, which I guess I can't blame her for. Yeah. But, um, 
Yeah, so Bernina Green, like, while she's fixing her daughter's cereal, she has a gun hidden in the cereal box, and she tries to shoot the bride, but misses, and the bride pulls her knife out and throws it at her and kills her. Um, again, why couldn't you just wait, you know? <laughs> you know, yeah. because why wait when I can just catch you off guard and kill you now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Type thing. Yeah, and sadly, Bernita Green's daughter sees this, you know, and, uh, and the bride, of course, you know, tells her that she's sorry she had to see that. And she says, but you... And, you know, for a kid... Normally, what do kids do? Like, when normal... When, like, bad stuff happens or they see something... Well, she was... Sometimes they cry. Or, like, they're, like... You know, you hear, like, little whimpers or... Well, she was four, you know... Well, I mean, I know that, well, but, but girl, the girl's supposed to be four, four years old, you know, so obviously she doesn't... I would she she cry a little bit. And, excuse me, <laughs> no, she just... No, I... Sorry, yeah, probably, but but at the same time, she probably she's four years old doesn't probably doesn't quite comprehend what just happened, you know. So she's probably just like very confused. That and I was, and, and I also brought the question. I was like, okay, so before like the bride leaves, like she's just gonna leave her in there, like nobody gets called or she's got to get out of there. Nothing. <laughs> she just killed someone. She's got to go. Can't stand around. But anyway, yeah. So um, so she tells her daughter, you know, like I'm sorry you had to see that, but. You know, I'm not going to lie to you. Your mother had it coming, that sort of thing. And If you get older and you want to talk about it, you come find me, that yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah, so um, so she, uh, the bride gets in her truck and drives away, and then that's, and then we get our, we, 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 we skip back four years earlier, you know, and this is something that Quentin Tarantino is known for in his films, non-linear storytelling, you know, we, the timeline jumps around quite a bit, and, um, and, you know, and this film is, of course, no exception to that. Um, so yeah, we 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 go back four years, and we um this this is where we kind of get we we start we start di- uh, dissecting everything, learning what happened and stuff like that. So we go back four years. We see the bride was involved in some sort of shooting. There was there was a massacre at this church, and she was uh she was wearing the white dress, you know, so they knew she was the bride, and she was pregnant at the time. And and so uh so the sheriff he comes in the sheriff in this film. Uh, his name was Earl McGraw. He was played by Michael Parks. And Michael Parks was a legendary actor, one of the greatest of all time. He passed away a couple of years ago, unfortunately. Uh, rest in peace to him. But um, he 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 um he did a good job in this scene, you know, and and um, you know, and and he uh he had some he had some interesting lines as well, you know. Like it was funny, like whenever he walks in and he sees he sees the dead bodies and he's saying he's like a. He's like a sure steady hand did this. You know, this isn't the work of a squirrely amateur. You know, and um, he's like, he's like, you can tell by the the cleanliness of the carnage. You know, again, I I love his dialogue here. It's it's so it's like so it's like so detailed and stuff like that. But um, but you know, here, you know, um, we we learn that uh, well, it's not really learning because it was fake anyway. But you know, the uh, uh the the uh, the sheriff he um. He finds out from his son, who's also a who's also a Texas Ranger here. This film, this film, uh, or this particular uh, scene is set in El Paso, Texas. Um, you know, he tells the sheriff that his um or that the that the bride's name on the on the wedding certificate was Arlene Machiavelli, and he said that's obviously a fake. You know, that's so, obviously a fake. <laughs> yeah. So they've just been calling her the bride. So you know, again, we're not supposed to know what her name is just yet. Um, and uh. And, um, 
it turns out that she's still alive, you know, which, which of course we already knew that because of what just happened previously, but she got shot in the head, you know, so they think she's dead, but no, she's breathing. She, it turns out she's still alive. So they take her to a, um, they take her to the hospital and she's in a coma, obviously. And this is where we meet, um, this is where you meet another one of our villains, L Driver, played by Daryl Hannah. And she's awesome in this movie as well. Uh, Daryl Hannah plays the part very well, and L Driver is a is a pretty cool character. You know, she's all she's she's very um, you know, she's a, like a very rotten, evil individual. Oh yeah. But uh but you know, again again, this is like a this is a great example of good storytelling and good character development because you love to hate this character, you know, and I've said that, we've said that so many times in previous films about other characters, and this is, again, no exception. Um, so, yeah, we meet Elle Driver, and she is uh, fixing to kill the bride in her sleep at the hospital. Just when she's fixing to, she gets a call from Bill. And I love how, like, he's, like, so, like, on time, like, right before Perfect she's... Perfect timing. Right, because she was going to stick a syringe, like, in her IV, and right before she sticks it in, Bill calls the phone on the phone, and you're mm-hmm. like... Damn, he's good. That was close. <laughs> yeah, and so, uh, so yeah, Bill calls L and tells her to abort the mission. And it's pretty funny whenever he says, L, I need you to abort the mission. You hear her go like, what? She's like <laughs> screaming over the phone. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Bill convinces her, you know, he says. He's like, would you keep your voice down? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, which, oh, man, I love, I love, um. I love David Carradine as Bill. Yeah, we didn't mention that, but yeah, David Carradine is of course Bill. Everyone knows that, and I miss David. He was such oh, a yeah. he was such a great actor, and you know, and we all we all miss him a lot. And he he played this part so well, and you know, and um, interestingly enough, whenever Quentin Tarantino originally started the script, he had um he had he had originally written the part of Bill for an actor for the actor Warren Beatty, but as time went on, and um and you know the uh. The, the, the character of Bill started to evolve and stuff like that. Um, you know, uh, Quinn realized that the that the the, the character was going to have more screen time and he would need some martial arts training. Yeah. And so he rewrote the character for David Carradine. I didn't know Warren Beatty was supposed to originally play that role. We he originally we, we never talked about that. I yeah, didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tarantino originally wrote that part for oh, him. Oh, okay. But uh, but yeah, it, it ended up. It ended up being written for David Carradine, but you know I think it was all for the better because David yeah, yeah, played yeah. this part so well. And um, anyway, yeah. So Bill he convinces L. You know he says he says you know oh he said we beat the hell out of that woman. She she but she's still breathing. And uh, if she ever wakes up, we're gonna do a hell of a lot more to her. But we're not gonna sneak into her room like a filthy rat and kill her in her sleep. And you're like, damn, he knows everything. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, and, and I think, uh, I think in, in this scene, this is, this is interesting as well that you get, um, you get a, uh, you, you get a sense of the kind of connection Bill has with the people who work with him. He tells Elle, you know, he's, he tells her, he says, I love you very much, you know, and she says, I love you too. So, you know, so you see, oh, this, okay, this guy is like very, he you and you can tell by his voice too and his tone by his tone the, his tone of voice excuse me that he's very charming he has a way he's with a, words he's very good with words he knows how to speak and knows how to how to manipulate people and stuff like that you get a very you get a very good taste of that right here and so uh so yeah um so L decides that Bill is right they're not going to kill her now they're going to wait and see if she ever wakes up and they're going to they can do a hell of a lot more to her and so four years pass and um the bride wakes up. And uh, you know, and like we'd mentioned earlier, whenever we saw her 
in the uh, in the chap in the wedding chapel, like after the shooting, she was pregnant. But now, obviously, she th- she believes her baby is dead, and and I I really like I really like this scene because Uma Thurman she acts her ass off in this oh, scene, yeah, like definitely like. Like, like, uh, you know, you really, you know, like, whenever she, she realizes that her baby is gone, and, you know, and just, just like the, just like the shock and the anger yeah. and the sadness, like, I mean, you, you really believe it and you really feel for her, you she know. Like, it, she, like, just feels like her stomach, yeah. like, for, like, a few minutes, and then she, like, has, like, a breakdown, and you're like, damn. Yeah, you really feel for her. It's a very convincing, it's a very convincing, uh, very convincing performance there. Um, so, so, yeah, the bride, she, uh, she is she is uh escapes from the hospital not before killing an orderly as well as this other guy and um and she she gets she steals the orderly's truck but while she's in there she is trying to uh you know to like kind of will her her legs out of a uh, out of um entropy is the word yeah um because you know her she's been in a coma for four years and so um limbs don't exactly work yeah her her legs are just like kind of dead right now and so um and so like while she's trying to do that we get some backstory on uh on some other characters you know this is a, this is and this is our introduction to the uh what's called the deadly viper assassination squad you know which is which is a group of assassins that the bride was a part of and there were other people who were a part of it as well and uh, the bride, you know, she, she's um, talking about, um, th- again, this is some voiceover from her, you know, and she's talking about her first target, which is Oren Ishii, played by Lucy Liu, who I absolutely adore. With all due respect to my wife, who was sitting right across from me. <laughs> yeah, if, if it's, if it's. Okay. I love Lucy Liu, man. She is just amazing. Yes. Caleb is very, very much loves Lucy Liu. <laughs> she she's just, she's just she's she's such a great actress. Well, she too, is. I mean, yeah, of course. And she also she also just is just like such a you know I've never obviously I've never met her, but you know from what I understand she's she's a very very great person. You know, like not, not just a great actor, but in general a great person. And um, well, we all have those people that we completely adore. Yeah, you know mine, I know yours, so yeah. it's fine. So. <laughs> Yeah, so anyway, we we uh yeah, we meet Oren Ishii, who is played by who is played by Lucy Liu and you know, we get some, and we get some background on her. We get her origin and they, and what I really like about her origin is it's 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 done in anime style. You know, like we it's really the, nice. The animation is awesome in this and um in this particular sequence, I mean, it's really good. And uh we get some we get background on Oren Ishii. You know, we learn that she uh we learn that her parents you know, her mother was Chinese, her father was Japanese American, you know, so she's, she got mixed ancestry here. And, uh, you know, we learned that her, her parents were killed by the Yakuza and, um, and, uh, but she, but she got revenge, you know, when she was 11, she found the guy who, who had killed her, her parents. And so she killed him, got her revenge. And as time went on, she, she became one of the, one of the, uh, one of the top assassins in the world. And, um, and, you know, one of the most dangerous people in the world, of course, you know, and she, and eventually she went on to become the leader of the Yakuza in Tokyo, which is, um, a big, a big which is deal. impressive. Yeah. Very impressive. A very, a very big deal. <laughs> yeah. It's very impressive, you know? And so, um, so yeah, anyway, we get our, we get our, we get our introduction to the Deadly Vipers and we get, we get Oren Ishii's origin. And then we, we cut back to, uh, we cut back to the bride who again was like trying to get her, uh, 
get her her legs to wake up here she gets her big toe to move you know and she's like <laughs> i love how like whenever her big toe moves she's like okay the hard part's over it's like let's get these other piggies moving and then and it then takes like and then we <laughs> yeah we get like one of those we get like a time jump says 13 hours later it took her 13 hours to be able to move yeah. her, her feet and her legs my <laughs> question my question here though is you sat there for 13 hours trying to wake your legs up and you also killed two guys on your way out. Where were the police? That's like, <laughs> that's true. That's true. You're just you're sitting in this guy's vehicle. Did the police and ever come? Like, did they search the dude's car? Like, <laughs> apparently not. Apparently not. Or apparently nobody cared enough in the yeah. hospital to report it. Yeah. I don't know. Just, nobody seems to care when somebody gets killed in this movie. So I don't know. Well, pretty much everyone who dies is is terrible. Well, that's you know? that's <laughs> true. That's true yeah, too. Yeah. So. Uh, but anyway, yeah, again, it's a movie, suspension and disbelief. So anyway, yeah, so the bride, her, she gets her legs to wake up and she's able to walk around and stuff like that. So she she takes, a, she steals, steals that orderly's truck and she drives to the airport and she gets on a plane to Okinawa because she is looking for Hattori Hanzo, who is a, um, you know, fun fact, Hattori Hanzo is actually a real person. He, he was, he was a, uh years years ago like centuries ago he was legendary legendary ninjutsu expert um but in this uh, he's uh slight uh slightly rewritten it's a little different this is like kind of like an alternate version of him where um th this hattori hanzo was um was a famous uh, sword maker you know and so and so she finds him in Okinawa, but he has since retired from making weapons. He swore a blood oath that he would never make another instrument of death, you know, sort of thing. Right. And he is now a sushi chef. Uh, he has his own little shop. And uh, this is a, this is a great scene. It's really funny. I love whenever she walks in and we meet we meet uh, Hattori Hanzo, who's played by the legendary Sonny Chiba. I love Sonny Chiba. He did some really amazing movies. You know, he did. Um, he was a star of the of the uh, the Street Fighter movies, which again, um, you know, another another nice callback to uh, to Grindhouse films. Quentin Tarantino, of course, has has said that uh, the the original Street Fighter movie that Sonny Chiba did. He said that's one of his favorite movies as well. You know, so again, a uh, great great choice right here. I love Sonny Chiba. This was and and his performances. Hattori Hanzo is is stellar. You oh, know, yeah. he's he's really funny when he needs to be, but also like when, when the serious moments come, he's like very serious. He's very serious. It like switches yeah. on and you're like, wow, he's yeah. like not this funny guy. He's like very serious. Yeah. But yeah, so we meet him and he, he's just, he's a sushi chef and there's some really funny, really funny exchanges between him and his, uh, his assistant, you know, he's, you know, telling him, you know, he's like, go get the sake. He's like, I've been getting the sake for 30 years. <laughs> you know, I'd be the general by now. And, and Hanzo was like, if you were the general, I'd be the emperor, and I'd still make you get the sake. You like, know? get the damn sake. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, you know, and of course, uh, like we said, Sonny Chiba, he, again, he can be funny, but he can also be serious, because whenever whenever he asks the bride, you know, he says, uh, you know, uh, so what brings you to Okinawa, you know, and she says she's looking for a Tori Hanzo. And you hear, like, a glass drop whenever she says that. And then he... You know, and Hanzo looks at her, you know, and then they start speaking in Japanese because, and what was funny here 
or what was interesting more like uh the bride she was acting like just a regular tourist who, yeah. who knew a little she bit of japanese bit, yeah. who knew a little bit of japanese but whenever she said she's looking for hattori hanzo they start speaking like fluent japanese to each other you know which hanzo knew right there you know this is no ordinary woman yeah. right here you know he's like she knows who i am she's probably a very dangerous woman you know so yeah i like i like the shift in 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 tone here and 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 I like I like how he you know he just gets serious you know and then they start speaking in Japanese he's like well, what do you want with Tori Hanzo you know and she says that she needs she needs Japanese steel she has vermin to kill you know and 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 I think this is funny whenever she says that Hanzo says you must have big rats if you he's, need Japanese says, steel she says huge yeah <laughs> and so um and so you know we go uh, Hanzo takes uh, takes the bride to see his. His uh his sword collection and there's so many yeah there's so many and they're all so such beautiful weapons they you are. know and and um you know and of course uh, Hanzo reiterates to the bride you know I don't make swords anymore you know I like I I'm retired you know I don't I, again I swore blood oath I would never make another another instrument of death you know and but uh but the bride convinces him to help her because. Bill was a student of his years ago, and it was funny because she didn't even have to say who it was. Yeah, she said my. Uh, she said the people, she, person I'm after, or people that I'm after. The man associated with them was a student of yours, and like right there, he like instantly, like is he like, knew it was oh Bill. no, yeah. So he, he writes it. Bill on the fog of the window, and yeah. you're like. He knew right off the bat who she was talking about. Yeah, and because of this, Hanzo decides he's going to help her. Yeah. He's and he tells her he says, "Uh, he says it's going to take me a month to make the sword. You know, I'll let you stay here. You should spend that time training and stuff like that." And so, so a month passes, and Hanzo has made her a brand new sword. And I love the scene as well. Like whenever he's explaining to her, you know, he's like saying, "He's like I, I swore I would never." do this again but i've broken my oath but but i have to admit you know this is this is without a doubt the greatest sword i've ever made that sort of thing and, and again him and his assistant you know um again you know just a few minutes ago they we saw like these two fighting. like we saw these two like <laughs> bickering we saw these two like bickering and stuff like that it was a really funny moment but now you see them like they're they're so strict now you know yeah. and they're they're cuz it's all an act they have to just if nobody knows about them, then they're like, oh, you know, yeah, get the you know, like this, Yeah, <laughs> yeah, this woman, so she knows who he is yeah. and that sort of thing, you know, so I guess that there's no... Time to drop the act. Yeah, yeah there's, no, there's no need for, <laughs> there's no need for, uh, like, for... Because actually, for the, the one in the back, he's the one who dropped the glass, isn't he? The one in the I back? I think so, yeah. Yeah, he, like, he, when he heard it, he was like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, so yeah, anyway, uh... So yeah, um, Hanzo he gives her he gives her this new sword. You know, tells her he's like he's like go to get your revenge that sort of thing. And so uh, the bride she gets on a plane to uh, to Tokyo to go after Oren Ishii. And fun fact, whenever she's on the plane flying to Tokyo, we get the Green Hornet theme. Yeah, we sure do. <laughs> which I love. You know, I've I said before. You know, everybody knows I'm a huge fan of Bruce Lee, and I love the Green Hornet as a TV show. I remember when I was a kid. I think for my um. Maybe my twelfth birthday, I think. My dad got me see the first the first and only season of Green Hornet on DVD. I lost it, you know, because I've moved so many times in my life and you lose stuff easily that way. But right. anyway, um 
anyway, yeah, so I love the Green Hornet. I've always really enjoyed that show. And so I loved hearing the theme in this. And I, excuse me, and, um, and I was just, like, I remember when I first saw the movie and they played the Green Hornet theme, I was, I was like, yes. You were <laughs> like, hey, I know this music. Yeah, I was like, that's the Green <laughs> Hornet. <laughs> um, yeah, but anyway, and then we, of course, we get, um, and, and then we get we get some more some more uh some more moments here with Oreni She and we get an introduction to a couple more characters, you know. So Oreni She she is at a party with, you know, all the other Yakuza bosses. They're celebrating, you know, and then we, of course we get um we get our introduction to to um Oren's lawyer and her best friend Sophie Fatale, who is played by Julie Dreyfus. And um, you know, we we also meet um her uh, uh her um her bodyguard, excuse me, her bodyguard, uh, Gogo Yubari, who is played by Chiaki Kuriyama. It's, I love Gogo Yubari. She's a really badass character. Everybody loves her, too. You know, like, if there's, you know, if we're not, you know, whenever we're talking Kill Bill, I mean, I don't really know this. This is just my take on it. But whenever you're talking Kill Bill, if you're not talking about, like, some of the characters, like, like the Bride or Bill or L or something like that, a lot of people always think of Gogo. You right. Know? You know, and, you know, because... She's like she's like innocent looking schoolgirl, but she's also very dangerous and sadistic and just you know. And I didn't think she was innocent when I first saw her. I was like, she has like crazy look in her eye, and I don't like it. Yeah, it's one of those <laughs> things like you know most people would think she's just innocent, but you know there's always someone there's always someone who's like there's no way. AKA <laughs> AKA me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then we also of course meet Johnny Moe, who is played by the legendary i've said that so many times already but it's true everybody's everybody's pretty much known for everything yeah this movie's got such a great cast anyway so yeah johnny moe is played by the legendary gordon Liu. i love gordon Liu. he's one of the greatest kung fu movie stars of all time and he's done some of the greatest kung fu films of all time like the 36 chamber of shaolin films and the um the eight diagram pole fighter love gordon Liu. he is and he's um and he's he's great in this movie you know he doesn't have much uh, he doesn't have much screen time, but you know, whenever, whenever we, whenever we get to our big battle, we'll get into that in a second. But whenever we get to our big battle, he's great in that. Uh, oh yeah, in, in that, in that sequence. You know. Anyway, um, so we meet, we meet Johnny Mo, and we also learn that he, um, that he is the general of Oreni Shi's army, which is called the Crazy Eighty Eight. And um, and everybody knows that name, yeah. even if they, even if they've the never seen. Any of this, they always know the crazy eighty eights. Yeah, and what's funny is that there wasn't even really eighty eight of them. <laughs> it's, it's true. It's true. I guess they thought it sounded cool. That or like when I know we're getting to this a little bit later, but when you get that like um, that close up of them coming, you think, okay, there's like eighty guys here, but it's really not. They just wanted to make it seem like it was all of them coming. Yeah. When we get to the big battle. Yeah. It's 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 like Bill says, you know, he's like, well, there wasn't really 88 yeah. of them. <laughs> he's like, they just called themselves a crazy 88. I guess they thought it sounded cool. Yeah, you know, leave it, leave it to <laughs> I always thought that was, that was a really funny line right there. But uh, anyway, yeah, so, um, so yeah, we meet, we meet, uh, we meet these characters and we get some more, we get some more, some more moment, uh, some, a few more moments here with Oren Ishii. And, um, and I love this scene as well because she kills... She kills one of the other Yakuza bosses, uh, who, who's, uh, who's, uh, Tanaka, boss Tanaka, um, 
and I love I, again I love this scene because he because Tanaka he brings up her uh you know her her Chinese and her Japanese American ancestry he, and she flips her lid she, she runs does. up on the table and cuts the dude's head off there's blood spraying everywhere like when they're introducing this scene you're like there's all you see everybody's like laughing and joking then you you get to like him and you see he's just he's just not having it and you're like there always has to be one. Yeah, there's always one dude who's not having fun. You <laughs> that know? has an issue. Yeah, there's always one guy who's not having fun, and it's Boss Tanaka, right? Of course. Here. Um, yeah, so she cuts Boss Tanaka's head off, and again, I love this scene, especially be, like especially with Lucy, like because her delivery in this moment is great. Like I love like whenever she she after she cuts his head off, you know she she speaks. Um, she speaks in English right here, you know, and it's funny because she says, so that you know how serious I am, I'm going to say this in English. You know? Right. So, so, you know, and she says, you know, um, she tells the other bosses who, who still have their heads, um, she tells them, you know, um, you know, uh, I encourage you to question my logic from time to time. Like if you, if you disagree with me, tell me, you know, and, and, you know, and we'll, we'll figure it out, you know, get, you know, but kind of give me a, give me the chance to convince you that, that like my way is the best way, you know, and she tells him, you know, no subject will ever be taboo except for, of course, a subject that was just brought up, you know, and right. so <laughs> like you can talk about anything, but don't bring up my heritage. Yeah. It's like, don't bring up my, it's like, it's like don't mention my Chinese or my American, uh, ancestry as a negative. You know, if you do, I collect your head, you know, and, uh, you know, and and again, she's she's like, now if any of you sons of bitches got anything else to say, now's the fucking time. And again, great delivery. Like I and love. Nobody says nothing. Yeah, and she's like, <laughs> I didn't. And she says, I didn't think so. Again, I love Lucy Liu. She's so great. And uh, and and this again, this delivery was perfect. Oh yeah. Because because I every time I see it, like whenever she says it. Like, I don't laugh or anything like that. I don't even smile. I'm kind of scared, you know? <laughs> well, of course you're supposed to be, but yeah. I'm kind of scared because I'm like, oh, dude, I don't want to mess with her. Well, she is the one holding the sword, so yeah. yeah and she's holding the dude's head as well. That too. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway, um, so yeah. Um, so yeah, the bride, she lands in Tokyo and she follows uh, Sophie. She sees Sophie driving and uh, she she's on a motorcycle. She sees Sophie driving in a car. She follows her to uh, to this club where Oren is having a party, and um, you know, and this is where we see you know we see some of the, some members of the Crazy Eighty Eight, you know, and then um, we see the. Uh, we see the band, the five, six, seven, eights, you know, and, and which is a real band and they're great. Um, and, uh, and, and, uh, we of course meet another really fun character who we only really see in this, in this one moment. And that's quote, Charlie Brown, <laughs> quote unquote, Charlie Brown. Um, which is funny because his robe looks just like Charlie Brown's shirt. Yellow, black. <laughs> that's on purpose. Of He's course. bald. Like, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because, you know, um, you know, like whenever, whenever they're like standing there, like one of the crazy 88 guys, he see, he sees him and he's like, he's like, who do you remind me of? And he goes, he's like, you're Charlie Brown. <laughs> and, and he's like, no, I'm not, I'm not Charlie Brown. <laughs> like he's already scared of them. He's like, yeah, no, he no, he's already no. scared. <laughs> but now they're like making fun of him and calling him Charlie Brown. <laughs> and so, um, so anyway, yeah, um, uh, we get, um, we get uh we see the bride she is in the uh she, she gets into the club and she's in the bathroom like hiding in the bathroom trying to figure out what what she's going to do but of course uh Sophie 
walks into the bathroom and and um uh the bride knows she's in there because her cell phone rings mm-hmm. and you know and and what's funny is that the ringtone for her phone is um all Lang sign the new year song yeah it is <laughs> which i thought that was really funny um and so, uh, so yeah, she hears her phone go off, and she sees that Sophie is in the bathroom, and we of course get we get another little flashback. We see that Sophie was actually at the wedding chapel whenever whenever the the massacre happened. And, and she stuff remembers like that, that ringtone. Yeah, and so, um, and so uh, she uh, she grabs Sophie, and they go out there, and she tells you know she she calls out to Oren, and um, you know she says you know we have we have unfinished business. Uh, Oren comes out there and she sees the bride is still alive, and she is, of course, has the shocked look on her face because she thought she was dead. And again, we get another moment where she says her name, but they bleep it out. <laughs> and and again, you know, I used to think there was something wrong with the TV. <laughs> I was like, why did they keep cutting her name out? I was like, what's happening here? <laughs> Do we are we having technical difficulties or something? Did she cuss again? In yeah. my perspective, did she cuss again? <laughs> yeah. And so, um, it's like, like she says that, and you're just like, you watch your language, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, um, so anyway, yeah. Um, so uh, the bride she cuts Sophie's arm off. Again, blood splattering just everywhere. And I mean, it is like shooting everywhere. I'm like, look at this. To a, yeah, to an unrealistic degree. <laughs> like, look at this. But, yeah, it, it's like it's super unrealistic. But at the same time, you know, this is this is an ode to martial arts yeah, films yeah. and to samurai films. And you saw stuff like that all the time in yeah. those movies. So, so you know, it's just again a true love letter to to move <laughs> to to, uh, to those types of films. And so, um, so yeah, she cuts Sophie's arm off. And, um, and, and, you know, our, our big battles fix on the start, you know? And so, um, so, uh, uh, and what's, and <laughs> what's funny is like right after she cuts, um, Sophie's arm off, everyone, like the whole audience, because again, there was a band here and there's people dancing and stuff like that. They like take like two, two solid minutes. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, we're supposed, we leave. Like, <laughs> they all scream run and run the out. Door. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. And, um. And uh, and of course Charlie Brown is still like standing up there with uh with Oren and the rest of them, and she tells him she says get out. She says she's like beat it, Charlie Brown. Yeah, get and out. <laughs> and when he and, and it's funny when he runs down the stairs, he is trucking it. He's running. He is. He's like I got to get the hell out of here. <laughs> yeah, he is running. <laughs> uh, it was funny. I love it. And so um, the uh, so yeah the the big uh, the big fights fixing the start, you know and. We get, um, you know, and, and there and there's some subtle like uh, subtle references in the in this in this sequence to uh, to some other movies, you know. Which of course we got to mention the obvious thing here is that the bride is wearing the yellow and black uh, tracksuit, you know, of course. which of course that Bruce Lee wore in Game of Death. I love that. Every time oh, I yeah. see, every time I see someone wearing that, like in a movie, and they have a they do a little reference to that, you know. Uh, again, you know, Bruce Lee. That's such a huge impact on, on, on cinema in general. Of course, of course. You know, and so and so, you know, of course it just always brings a smile to my face, you know, to see to see people pay tribute to him and um you know, and, and so yeah, I, I love I love how the bride is wearing the yellow tracksuit here. And there's even a moment where um where she's fighting um She's fighting uh, a couple, a couple of the crazy eighty eight members because Oren only has a few of them with her at this time. There was only, I think, like a like like six probably. Yeah. Or yeah, there was like six of them right now, and um, and there's a moment where she's fighting three of them, 
and uh and the camera is looking at them through the stairs like through the staircase i don't know if you noticed that yeah but that's a um i i don't know this for sure but i think i believe that's a reference to game of death the movie because whenever 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 we're in that big sequence at the end of game of death whenever bruce is going up the tower there's a couple of shots that are done like through the staircase right yeah so i always i always thought maybe they're referencing that oh okay yeah and so um and so, uh, so yeah, um, the bride, she kills the, uh, she kills the, the six crazy 88 members that Oren had with her. And then Gogo shows up with a, uh, with her, her little spike ball on chain. And, um, and, uh, and we get, we get a, we get a pretty good, uh, a pretty good fight scene between the two of them. I really like the way, um, I like the way, uh, the way the, the the way the camera cuts like whenever whenever a hit happens because you see that you see that hit like like straight on and um and uh yeah you pointed that out to me last night like anytime she gets hit it's like a front a front view yeah and it's and like to show see, the impact the, of the hit you see the hit and then and then it cuts again to where she falls and lands yeah. on something um and uh but anyway yeah so she uh so the bride and Gogo fight, and the bride uh, kills Gogo by she like grabs the wooden the wooden leg from a table and kills her with it by like because there's nails in it. Like know? the so nails she, are sticking out from where she pulled it off of a chair. Yeah, so she like hits her in the head with it, killing her. And and then we get like one last shot of a uh, of Gogo, like when we see her her face, and she's got she it's like she's like crying blood you know and and this may sound kind of gross but i love that shot i don't know what it is like it's just i want to see i'm like i really like that shot i don't know what it is that just sounds kind of sick i don't know what it is either but i mean i know that's to to each their own i know that sounds sick but i don't know there's just something about it because they hold on it for a couple of seconds too it's Mm -hmm. like they really they really want you to see what just happened they want you to absorb that they want you to see the impact that a a board with nails in it can have yeah they want you you to in the brain yeah again they want you to absorb that and I don't know. I just I just like that shot for some reason. So anyway, um, so anyway, after after the bride kills uh, kills Gogo, we hear motorcycles, bunch of motorcycles. She closes her eyes and she's like, "Is that what I think it is?" Yeah, and Oren of course says, "You didn't think it'd be that easy, did you?" And the <laughs> like, bride says, the, "Well, the bride says, you know, for a second I kind of did." Yeah, and um, and um. You know, and then of course we get uh we get the legendary Gordon Liu as Johnny Moe. He runs in and then he like screams and then we get a whole bunch of other dudes running in there. It's the it's the rest of the And crazy this is the shot I was talking this is the shot I was talking about earlier. Like they zoom in to make you think, Oh, all these guys are coming and you like get the wide shot. And yeah, the the way they all run the way they all run in, you're thinking, Holy shit, there's a whole bunch of dudes here. But then you but get then a wide shot and it's like they not do really. they, they do an overhead shot <laughs> yeah. of them like all circling her. And there's clearly not 88 of them. There's a lot, to be fair, but there's not 88 of them. How, ma- how many do you think there are? Like, I, we didn't count, but how many do you think there are that would you say? Like... 40, probably. 40? I didn't think there was 40, but I don't know. I was, At least 40. I was thinking like 20, but... No. I don't know. I wouldn't know that. I think it's a little low. <laughs> I feel like we should have counted. <laughs> I want to say at least 40. Okay. We should have counted, but I don't know. I was, I was too invested in too what was happening. Too distracted. I was to... too invested in what was happening. I didn't have time to count. But, um, but anyway, um, you know, and again... I you know I, I think I think of this moment as a reference to Fist of Fury with Bruce Lee you know my favorite kung right. fu film of all time you know like we're all they're they're all circling her and there's a moment where they're they're like closing in on her but then she like kind of 
she she like gets her sword ready. You know, she's like she's like um. Uh, what's the word like on guard you know she's yeah. she's on guard and whenever she does that they all flinch and kind of step back just like they did in fist of fury yeah. you know and um and um you know again i i love i love the references here you know they're all they're all really subtle but you know it's uh it, it's just really great to see you know and and then we get our we get our big uh our big uh our big fight sequence here and this is really good it is oh, yeah. really really amazing um, yeah, I love how, um, you know, again, like, like, a like I said, the bride has a sword, everybody else has swords, you know, so this is a big sword fight. And, um, and the sword fights for this film, they were choreographed by Tetsuro Shimaguchi. And, um, and the guy did amazing, you know, because, and, and you can tell, you can tell that the, that everyone in the film, like all the actors and stuff, they really took, they took it seriously and they, oh, yeah. they all got really into it. All did a, an amazing job. It's choreographed very well. I got to give props to the cast as well as Tetsuro Shimaguchi himself. Really great sequence here. Um, and I love how it switches from color to black and white. You know, which uh, again, I, I I feel that that's uh, that's a reference to Akira Kurosawa's films. And um, you know, and of course, everyone knows knows Kurosawa. He created, um, or excuse me, he directed some of the greatest films ever made. Um, like uh, like Seven Samurai, uh, Hidden Fortress, and um, uh, uh, Yojimbo stuff like that. I mean, the dude was legendary, you know. And so I like I like how it switches to black and white here, yeah. you know. And we got we did get sword fight going on, and um, and there are some and there are some really crazy moments too, you know. Like she, you know, she um, the bride like rips one dude's eye out. And, and I like uh, how it cuts to black and white. Like as soon as she as soon rips, as she does that, rips yeah. his eye out. Yeah, as soon as she does that, it cuts to uh, cuts to black and white. You know, and then, but anyway, so we get to we, she rips one dude's eye out, and she's she's like like just cutting across the chest, and there's like just blood spurting everywhere. I mean, like it looks like a water hose. Like it's yeah. going everywhere. Yeah, and I and I like how you know, and that that wasn't. Um, I don't think uh, I'd have to find it in my uh, sorry in my in my nose here, but, um, but, uh, they didn't, uh, they didn't, um, they didn't use a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, CGI, you know, there, there was, there was all a lot of, a lot of practical effects, and I think, I, I believe the blood splattering, um, I'd have to, I gotta um, find it here. They used, um, computer generated imagery. No, they did not. They, they, they said, uh, I had what I was saying was that he didn't use that. You know, he did. He oh, didn't. Yeah, oh. he. Yeah, he didn't use any. He didn't use any. Um, any computer generated Im imagery. You know, he used. He used a lot of practical effects. You know, which um, which he used. Uh, he used fire extinguishers and uh, and oddly enough condoms <laughs> to uh oh, okay. to, cre wow. to, to create the spurts <laughs> and the explosion of blood. You know. Which, okay. You know, this is all like practical. <laughs> this is all practical. You know, which is uh which is which was just insane you know and and it it looked it looked really good too it was um it it, it was also like it was just really funny too you know because right. like uh, like i had said there's just an unrealistic amount of blood just like just spraying out like a like a sprinkler or something like that and so um you know and and again uh like like I mentioned earlier with with Gordon Liu, he's great in this. You know, we don't. You know, th this is like the very sh very little amount of time that we see him in this movie. But he uh, but but the exchange the the exchanges between him and the bride, like whenever they're fighting with the swords, 
is really good. You know, Gordon was, the dude is amazing as a martial artist. He was, yeah. he, he was really good. And I like, I like what he, um, I like what he did here. He, I like what he did here, you know, however brief it was. Um, you know, and of course it ends, it, it kind of ends on a funny note because, um, because, uh, right like right when she's like already taken out everybody else she's got one guy left and it's a kid he looks like he's probably 16 yeah <laughs> but he is too young to be there yeah and and she and she sees him and she's like she doesn't even kill him she he's just, like she sees him he's like shaking yeah like he's so scared and she just like cuts his sword down to like nothing <laughs> yeah and then she spanks him with the sword and, uh, <laughs> and she's like this is what you get for for messing with the with yakuza's you know it's like it's go like, home to your yeah, mother. go home to your mother, and he like runs down the stairs. He's like he's holding, like, he's like holding his butt, like as he goes. Yeah, and he's like crying, <laughs> which like. I would be too, probably. <laughs> and so, um, and so, uh, there's, um, you know, and, and there's another really great moment, um, um, in, during the fight sequence, whenever she's like rolling around on the ground, cutting everyone's feet out from underneath them. Yeah, you know, and she's like doing it to just about everyone in like a circle again. I don't know this, but I feel this is a reference to Fist of Fury because there's a moment like during the big dojo fight, like at the beginning of the movie, when Bruce Lee has the nunchucks. He drops and he's like rolling around and hitting yeah. everybody in the feet with the nunchucks. Uh, yeah, I remember. Yeah, I, I, I feel that this is a reference to that, you know? And so, um, so anyway, um, uh, so yeah, uh, the bride, she takes out all of the, um, all the crazy 88 members some of them are still alive, of course. There's a funny moment whenever, um, like, whenever you see all of them, like, laying there. And, like, a lot of them have lost arms and legs and stuff like that. But you see the dude who got his eye ripped out. You see him kind of standing there, like, holding his face. And he's just kind of, like, wobbling around. I thought that was really funny. But it, then everybody else is, like, laying there like, oh. Yeah, everybody's, like, you hear, like, some, like, screaming in pain or yeah. crying. and yeah. And, you know, and the bride tells them all, you know, he tells them all to leave. Like, he's like, those of you who still have your lives, you know, leave. Um, uh, said, but leave the limbs you've lost. They all belong to me now. Like, that's super badass, you know. <laughs> and that shows how serious she is. Like, like you better not take your arm with you <laughs> because yeah, like, it's mine now. <laughs> and then Sophie tries to get up and she's like, everybody can leave except you. Yeah, you like, stay you, right there. <laughs> yeah. And so. Um, Poor Sophie. She's like crying and she's like eh. <laughs> yeah you know and there's um and there's uh there, there's also uh there, there are also a couple of moments like during this big fight the big sword fight scene where um where there's some pretty obvious wire work going on yeah but but it doesn't yeah. th that doesn't really bother me here because again this movie is it pays homage to to samurai films and yeah, the martial said, arts films you said in one scene it was on purpose didn't you to me. No, I yeah, I said I said I said the wire work looked obvious, but that was done on purpose because yeah. I or I feel it was done on purpose because, you they know, were this, referencing. Yeah, this is referencing that, you know, those 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 old those old Wuxia films. Yeah. Um, you know, where the wire work was super obvious. <laughs> and so uh but it still looked cool. I I really oh, yeah. I really like seeing Gordon Liu like jump up and and like from the ground and land on that <laughs> big balcony or like on the railing of the balcony and um yeah. Anyway, so um, so the uh, so yeah, the bride she she uh goes back um she she goes through like this this back door and then we get we see her like out in this like this like outdoor garden and it's like snowing, 
a beautiful setting. I, oh, it I love is. I love this set right here. It looks it looks so good. And I love I love how there's I love how it's like very quiet too. All you hear is the water, you know. And um, you know, and then we, we get a we get a little dialogue exchange here and um you know, and Oren is telling her, you know, he's like your your sword's pretty impressive. Where did you get it? And she says it's says Hattori Hanzo made it, you know, and of course Oren, she calls her you a liar. Lie. It's like you lie, you know, and 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 the bride's like no, and she shows her the symbol on the blade, and you know, and, and I and I like I like that little I like that little bit there, you know, because it's like, you know, um, every it's like everybody knows Satori Hanzo. They knows they know that he that he had swore an oath to never make another sword, you know, and so uh, and so like kind of like the shock on her face, like whenever she says Satori Hanzo made the sword, you know, I like I like. I like the um what's the word I'm looking for? I love I love the uh you know the the influence that, that right. Hanzo has. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. I was just as lost as you were all that. <laughs> no, I like I, I, I love the, I love like the influence that he yeah. that he holds right here. Um so we get uh so we get we get our we got our, our big final fights in between the bride and Oren Ishii. It's a really good sword fight scene. You know, and something I really like about this uh, about this scene is the music. Like the music that plays in this is really good. Like I, it's very, it's very um, it's really intense sounding. Like I like I like when she um, when Oberyn is standing there and she like takes her her sandals off mm-hmm. and it starts and you're like, oh shit, she's taking her shoes off. It's about to get serious. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> yeah, and so um, and so they're uh, so yeah they're fighting. And of course, you know, Oren gets uh, she gets the better of uh, of the exchange at first. You know, gets a uh, she cuts the bride like right across the back, and you know, just when you think it's all it's all over for the bride, you know, she gets back up and uh, and she um she tells Oren she's like come with me with everything you got, you know, and and Oren is of course you know ridiculing her, not taking her seriously, but they their fight resumes and the bride gets a uh, she gets she gets a, a a strike in there, you know, she cuts Oren across the leg. And Oren, you know, and, and uh, again, I like I love the amount of respect between the characters here, you know, because like whenever the bride cuts Oren on the leg, she tells her, "I'm sorry for ridiculing you earlier," you know. And, and again, just the respect. I love I love how it, I love how it's there, you know. Even though these two are trying to kill each other, there's still a tremendous amount of respect between the two of them as warriors. And you then know? the bride like gets like a little emotional, and she's like accepted and yeah, yeah and yeah and and that's that's interesting too because i, I think in in these moments you learn that they that they were probably pretty close yeah like back back in the day you know when like they, they, were, they were probably they were together they were probably like best friends maybe even yeah you know so um so so they're uh so yeah the fight continues and the bride ends up defeating oren by scalping her you know which which was crazy i remember when i first saw the movie and she did it i was like whoa yeah <laughs> You know, and then you get a shot of um, you get a shot of Lucy Liu, like right before she dies, like her last words where she says that really was a Hattori Hanzo sword. You know, and then you see like her brain. I oh rem- yeah, you see like the cut scalp, the brain, everything. Yeah, <laughs> and what's funny to me is I thought um, I remember like um, I remember when we were watching it last night, and whenever she cuts. Whenever she scalps her, you see like you of course see like her hair fly off. It didn't look like a huge amount though, but whenever they whenever they show the angle on 
like like the the front like that 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 yeah. close up and then you see like the top of her head it looks like the whole top is gone <laughs> i noticed that but i was like you know it's probably just an angle thing though that and you know I guess it means that maybe she had more hair than you think. Because it was always like, anytime we saw her, you know, it was always like in a bun. Mm -hmm. Like it was pulled back behind her head. So maybe it was like a whole lot more than what you thought. Yeah. It just, it didn't look quite like much. Because it zooms in on her with like, when you see like, that yeah. the top of her head is like gone. There's still like a little bit of hair like on the side. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it might, it might just be an <clears throat> angle thing. Yeah, I think it's just the angle. But anyway, yeah, so, uh. So, uh, yeah, the bride, the bride is killed over Rand, you know, in her, uh, you know, I, her first step of revenge is complete. And, um, again, I love the music that plays after she kills over in like the, the traditional Japanese music. It's, 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 it sounds really, really good. I love it. And, um, and so the bride, she takes Sophie and, uh, drops her off at a hospital, you know, and then we learn, we learn, like, in these last couple of minutes. Well, no drop-off. She made that. No, literally dropped rolled, her. <laughs> rolled down the hill. Yeah. And I like how the two guys are just standing outside the hospital. Like, I was like, oh, wow, people actually are standing outside the hospital. Well, like, they're probably, like, on a smoke break or something. That, too. But it's, <laughs> I was thinking, I was like, wow, do people, like, actually, like, wait outside if somebody gets, like, dropped they're off probably in the just middle chilling. of nowhere? They're probably just chilling. And then next thing you know, they see a woman just oh, drop no. in. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, but anyway, yeah. In these last couple of minutes, you know, we, we get, we get some closure to a couple of things. You know, we learn, we learned that, um, that, uh, that Sophie, she told the bride everything she knew about the rest of the Daily Vipers, where they were, you know, and stuff like that. And, um, and, uh, you know, and then Bill shows up and he's talking to Sophie and Sophie is like really crying. She's like really upset. You know, obviously she just lost an arm. She's like crying and she, but she's, she says that she she's also, Bill. yeah, she's also very scared, you know, of, of Bill. And she's like, she's like telling Bill, she's like, she's like, please, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I didn't, I didn't want to betray you, but you know, I just, I had no choice, but Bill, you know, again, Bill being like the very charming, manipulative person he is, he's like, don't worry about it. You know, he's like, just, he's like, just stop, you know? You know, he's he's like I'm he's like I'm sorry this happened to you that sort of thing and um, you know but but then you know we see the bride telling Sophie you know she's like I'm letting you live for information as and I also I'm also letting you live because I want you to tell Bill that I'm coming for him because I want him to know that, yeah. that I'm that I'm coming you know that sort of thing and um, you know and then of course like right as the movie ends we get one more line from Bill which he he asks Sophie he says by the way. Does she know her daughter is alive? And then it ends. And then the movie ends. <laughs> and I wanted to ask you a question. I meant to ask you this last night, but uh -huh. do you think do you think he killed Sophie? Like do you think like after no. all that cuz I mean we we don't see her again. No, we don't. And but, we, but we don't we don't know, but I was wondering like do you think like he or maybe not killed her himself, but he had her killed? No, I don't no. think so because um, or maybe she died in the hospital from her injuries. I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think uh, I think she lived, and, and 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 it's funny you bring that up because I was at, I remember reading a while back, like whenever they were discussing the possibility of a Kill Bill three, uh -huh. they had mentioned bringing Sophie back. You know, so oh. so yeah, I don't think she died. Oh, okay, I think you know, and um, excuse me again. Uh, like whenever, whenever the possibility of three was being discussed, they did talk about bringing her back. Right. You know, so, oh, okay. so yeah, I don't think she was dead, which, you know, that, that lets the, that, that, that I'm going to use that as my segue. Please make Kill Bill 3, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to see a Kill Bill 3. So hopefully one day it'll happen. Um, but yeah, anyway, um, yeah, Bill tell, Bill, uh, reveals to the audience basically that, 
that the bride's daughter is alive, you know. And again, for a first-time viewer, you know, we, we of course go this whole movie much like the bride thinking that her daughter is dead. And when we hear that she's alive, we're like, oh my god. Like, you know, it's <laughs> like, this is, this is huge. This is only, we're only just, uh, excuse me, we're only just beginning here, right. you know. And so, um, so yeah, we find out the daughter is still alive. And then the movie ends. And, um, yeah, that, that's Kill Bill Volume 1. I love this movie so much. You know, it's, it's, it's a really, really good movie. It's, um, it's beautifully shot. Like, uh, like every, every scene is shot very well. The performances are all great. The cast all did a really amazing job. And uh, again, it's a true let, true love letter to, uh, to martial arts films as well as samurai films and, and Westerns and stuff like that. Um, before you close out, can I ask one more question? Uh huh. <laughs> Bringing up that you wanted um, Kill Bill three, mm-hmm. how do you think they would go about that since David Carradine is no longer with us? Well, well, you know, like, do you think they would like maybe try to do it without him or? Well, considering what happened, consider, well, considering everybody, everybody's dead now in the Deadly Viper thing. Yeah, yeah. Spoiler but... alert! Sorry <laughs> if you haven't seen it. Yeah, well, no, I mean, but considering what happens at the end of the second one, uh-huh. Bill isn't necessarily needed here. So they could do like a new. Yeah, they can introduce they yeah. can introduce yeah. new characters, and right. there there were some characters who in, in in our in volumes one and two who did not die, which That's which true. can That's still true. which can still be used, you know. And, That's uh, true. Yeah. So, okay, well, but I I really don't know what they would do, you know. That's true. Which you know, again, it's. There's always a possibility of doing a three. I mean, it may it may or may not happen. Yeah. The, the possibility is always there, but you know we'll we'll see. Only only time will tell. Well, I just want to get your opinion on yeah. that. <laughs> but but yeah, but I'm, I'm like duh. Like I've yeah. I've seen the movie, so I'm like duh. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, anyway, um, yeah, th- this is a really great movie. It's it's a true love letter to martial arts films, right? You know, and uh, again, it's shot very well. With that being said, I do feel that in some in some of the fight sequences, or in particular the big the big sword fight between uh, the bride and the crazy eighty eight, I do feel, I did feel like some moments there was a, a the camera cutting was a little excessive, um, but again that was probably on purpose because. Yeah. Is, you know, if you watch, um, if you watch like older kung fu movies, particularly Five Fingers of Death, you know, um, th- that movie had a pretty a pretty absurd amount of cutting yeah. during the fight scenes. But you know, that was that was that was back in nineteen seventy two. You know, so the um, technology was of course different. You know, and depending on you know, I mean, if you weren't Bruce Lee, you know, Bruce Lee, we all know he did like a a lot a lot of his. Many of his fight scenes didn't have as much cutting. There was a lot, a lot of wide shots, less cutting, you know. But there were other, there were other filmmakers who didn't, um, who didn't do it that same way, you know. They, they, they wanted, they wanted different things, you know. But in order to do that, they didn't have the technology that we, of True. course, have nowadays, right. you know. So, so, so a lot of cutting was was kind of just like a was kind of just a necessity, you know, it's just something that had to be done, you know? So, so while I do say, I feel like the cutting in some, in, in some of the fights, particularly the sword fight, while I do feel it was a little excessive, it was probably on purpose, you know? So I'm not going to, I'm not just going to like bash on it. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to bash on, I'm not just going to lay into or anything like that. But uh, again, but e- even with that, despite that, this is still a fantastic movie. Oh Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, and like I said at the beginning, this is one of those movies that I feel like I can watch any time, you know? Oh, yeah. And, um, and it's just a, 
it's just a really it's an all-around solid movie and um it's got it's got great references to some of your favorite kung fu films you know like like i said game of death fist of fury and um it's just uh yeah i just can't say anything else other than it's just an amazing movie and it's um it's just uh it, it's definitely going to um it's gonna for for me it's going to keep it's gonna keep going as probably one of the greatest revenge stories ever told you know and it's um and it's uh it's just uh it, it stood the test of time for 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 all these years and i think it's gonna keep doing that like i just said right but uh but yeah that's uh that's it for today guys thanks as always for listening to caleb's kung fu cinema i really appreciate it episode 18 is going to be out on uh june 26th and we're gonna keep the train rolling because we're gonna be talking kill bill volume two we're gonna gonna keep we're gonna keep a keep keep on rolling and we're gonna we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about the sequel to uh or not the sequel really more like the part more like two. a continuation yeah more, slashed into another part <laughs> yeah it, it, it's really it's really just the part two you know because as you know as everyone knows kill bill was originally planned and and produced of course as a single film but you know um the the company that or the studio that tarantino was working for at the time you know they were known for kind of pressuring filmmakers into into making their projects shorter but um you know, but in order for Tarantino to, you know, to not have to cut anything out and let his vision be seen, you know, they suggested, why don't you just split it in two? You know, so, so that's what happened here. This isn't, this isn't a sequel. It's just, it's a continuation. It's a part two to the story, you know, because, you know, the whole story hasn't been told yet, you right. know, so, so yeah. Anyway, yeah, June 26th, we're going to be talking Kill Bill Volume 2. And uh, next week on June 16th, I am going to be doing another Cinema Quick Kick. We're going to be looking at what is... In my opinion, without a doubt, the greatest video game adaptation ever made so far. That's it. That's going to be uh, Street Fighter Assassin's Fist. I love Street Fighter Assassin's Fist, and I can't wait to talk about it. I'm super excited to get into that one. So, yeah, June 16th is going to be another cinema quick kick on Street Fighter Assassin's Fist. And uh, once again, June 26th, we'll be talking Kill Bill Volume 2. And uh, I do want to give you guys... Um, one final reminder of this, I touched on this in our previous episode and I did make a post about it, but this is going to be our final reminder. The cinema is currently not available on Apple Podcasts, but it's okay because you can still hear us in a lot of other ways. You can go to our main website, which is anchor.fm slash kungfucinema. That's anchor.fm slash kungfucinema. And we're also available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and CastBox. That's a lot of platforms, guys. So even though even though there are some that we're missing from at this time, there are plenty of others that you can hear us from. And uh, <clears throat> excuse me. And as always, you can check out my Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash kungfucinema9. Follow me on Instagram at calebryant9. And uh, yep, that's it. And uh, sorry. Once again, thanks as always for listening. I love all you guys. I have the best audience in the world. And, uh, you know, and... Yeah, that's all I can really say. I can just say thank you to all you guys. I really, I really appreciate all my listeners, and and uh, and um, I'm always gonna, I'm always gonna keep, I'm always gonna keep thanking you guys because you guys deserve it. I wouldn't be doing this without y'all. So uh, yeah, uh, don't forget to tune in on June 16th for my cinema quick kick on Street Fighter Assassin's Fist, and then join us once again on June 26th for Kill Bill Volume Two. And uh, yep, yeah, that's it. So uh, until then, take care, guys. <laughs>